Good evening, everybody, and welcome to my show, The Story of My Life. My name is Sarah Adewalu, and I am your hostess for this evening on Saturday, October 16th at 10.18 p.m. I'm 24 years old, and I'm from Little Ferry, New Jersey, which, if you're not familiar with, it's in Bergen County, the neighboring town between Hackensack and Teaneck. I'm a graduate student at Montclair State University studying public relations. During my undergrad years, I was a journalism slash communications major with an emphasis in broadcast news media. You guys are currently tuned in to part two of episode 24, which is titled My Harassment Story. So before I go any further, I just want to say that I hope that you all took the time to subscribe to my show on Spotify and listen to all the previous episodes that I've recorded, including part one of this episode. In part one, I want to remind you that I talked about the events of Guy 1 that transpired from 2013 to 2017. In this episode, I will be talking about events that happened from 2018 up until as recently as last month, which will be another four years. Um, And like I said, my memory isn't always the best because I've known this guy for so long. So certain things will start to feel like a fog to me. So I ask that you all just bear with me as I do my best to recall these things. So here we go. Um, So picking up from last, from the, from part one, I mean, um, um, so that was the summer of 2017. Um, so that was the first time that guy one has ever physically laid his hands on me, like literally. And, um, that was the first and only time that I have ever been up in his house. Um, I've, obviously I have been to his house that one time before when I met briefly with his brother guy too but other than that that was just it um so just at that time though this time he sort of tricked me into believing that his brother was gonna be there at home so but I guess it was sort of his way to like sort of get me into bed with them so yeah that was that was his plan and um of course I didn't tell anybody about that Why didn't our dear, fabulous hostess tell her family about what this boy did to her? Good question. Um, honestly, I have no idea, really. Like, I don't know, like, what I was supposed to say to them or, like, how I was going to tell them. Like, I wasn't sure if they were ever going to believe me that, you know, I let some random stranger just, like, put his hands on me, um... I'm not sure if I ever went walking for the rest of that summer after that day, but all I remember is that immediately after I left this house, I just started, like, making a beeline for the Grand Avenue Park. Um, So if you guys remember, that's the park that's on the street across from my street, which is Woodland Avenue. Um, At the time, though, I believe there were a few other people at the Grand Avenue Park, but then again, it's... A pretty remote area in general, so 
but I didn't care that it was dangerous. It's it's just at the time I really wanted to get away from this guy. And um, by the time I started riding on the swings at that park, um, I started feeling like pains in the area where he like touched me, like forced himself on me, like I guess on my legs or something. I felt a little bit numb for some time, but when I was riding on the swings, I guess the pain just went away a little bit. So I know that when I was like running to get there, because I literally ran, and my legs and feet started feeling just a little bit numb, because you know, Guy Wan pressed himself on me like really hard. Like he's not fat at all. Like no, he's not fat. He's He's actually a normal weight. Um, I don't know like how tall he is. I think he's of an average height, but um, but his brother is actually a few inches taller than he is and a little bit more scrawny. So, but like I felt like literally the weight of his whole body on me, and so that was just like super awkward. Like, yeah, it was awkward for me, but. Like, anyway, as I was swinging, I was sort of thinking, like, should I just block him and just not talk to him ever again? Um, so trust me, guys, I really wanted to. I really wanted to block him, but for some reason, I just couldn't work up the courage to do it. Because I knew if I blocked him, he'd probably, like, try to continue, like, DMing me on Instagram. And then he'll always probably like say something along the lines of hey are you going walking today want to come over to my house want to hang out I need to talk to you you know all that amazing crap and of course you guys know that I don't really use Instagram so much during the day like in terms of like DMing people but only I guess to like post stuff but I don't usually like check my DMs during the day so I obviously won't see this guy's DMs but you know, obviously he'd be all persistent and obsessive and he'd say my name a million times like Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Like every five minutes he'd say my name. Like, are you still there? Are you alive? You know, can we talk? You know, just so freaking persistent. <laughs> but fortunately for the rest of that summer, I think the weather would usually reach about 100 degrees. Um, so if that were the case, um, I wouldn't like go during the afternoon when it was like super hot. Um, I learned to wake up like very early, like, you know, I'm used to waking up early now. So I'd be up at around seven or eight just to go for my own walks. So those would be the times that I knew that this guy would still be asleep because, you know, I know he has a set time of like being getting up at 11.30 and being at the lake and um and I had to sort of invent a lie so that he wouldn't like come after me at the lake at all so at one time that summer I sort of messaged him saying I've gone to like visit relatives somewhere in New Jersey so I'm gonna be staying with them for the rest of the summer so I won't be at the lake at all and um he automatically like took my word for it and he just like stopped messaging me right like right after that and I don't think he even like showed up to the lake once after that um although at some point though I thought I saw someone who looked like his brother riding on a motorcycle to get somewhere so 
I felt kind of surprised that Gaiwan never noticed that I was walking at my walking on my own at the lake. Um, and I don't think he ever knew that I lied to him about visiting those relatives. Um, but somehow I feel like deep down he kind of knew about it that maybe he just wanted to like give me my own space. Um, so again, this was the summer before I decided to transfer to Montclair. So now, while, so now, while being a student at MSU, I'm still sort of dealing with Guy Wan on this side. So, when I first transferred to Montclair, um, I decided to live on campus. So they automatically, res life, I mean, automatically assigned my residence space to Denalo Heights, which you guys probably know by now. It's it's the building literally across from Machuga Heights. Um, both buildings are part of the Heights facility complexes. So um, just for my first year, I lived at Denalo with a very good roommate whom I got along, got along very greatly with. And, you know, that semester went well for me and things were great. And um, I kind of was hoping to at least find a boyfriend or something while living on campus, you know, because I wanted something to, like, help me get my mind off guy one and, you know, just sort of make him think that I'm not available to him anymore. But, of course, that didn't work because I'm still single, unfortunately. But anyway, flash forward to summer of 2018. Um, that's when I got my first part-time summer job as a camp counselor for Hack Hackensack Recreation Center, um, which is a recreational day camp in Hackensack um, that has multiple campsites across New Jersey. Um, but the nearest park that's closest to um, where I live, um, that's Fashini Park, which is located right there in Hackensack. So that was my number one top choice of camp location just because just because it was the closest to my home and other campsites that around Hackensack Recreation. Um, one of it was Paul Fly Park and there was a theater camp. I forgot the exact name of it, but there's that too. And I think there's Baldwin Park and I know there's a few others whose names I'm missing, but yeah, so that was my part-time summer job, but that wasn't like my first job ever, ever. When I was at FDU, um, I became a student mentor during my sophomore year. So FDU is unique in, in that the fact that it has a program for freshmen, which is called the Enhanced Freshman Experience Program. Yeah, enhanced, you know, like to change something. Freshman Experience Program, that's what it's called. Um, you can look that up on their website. Um, so the program helps freshmen adapt to university life. And when I started as a freshman in 2015, um, I was automatically placed into the program along with a bunch of other freshmen who qualified. I can't remember like the eligibility for it anymore, but it was a very good bonding experience for me to get to know the other freshmen and also our student mentors were sophomores and juniors and seniors I remember my I remember that my mentor 
um, was a sophomore biology major. Um, I believe her name is Nadia or something, and she's also black. But anyway, I don't even, I doubt that she even still remembers me anymore. Um, I also wonder what she's doing these days. Um, because she was a great mentor to me, and basically her role was to help me adapt to campus life at FDU and to take advantage of the resources on campus, like the counseling services, tutoring, and registration, and, you know, all that wonderful stuff. So, yeah. And at the end of uh, the semester, like the academic year in May, so... There would be a banquet held at the lower level of the student center. So I think that's their basement area. Um, so they would have a banquet to honor all the freshmen and the mentors in the program. And so it was during that banquet freshman year when I made, this, this, this made the decision to become a mentee when I became a sophomore. So... When my sophomore year came, um, I became one of the mentees in the program, and I started meeting with five to six freshmen who were assigned to me. So the mentee position was a paid one, and I forgot the exact um, payment, but it was a bi-weekly pay. So it was a bi-weekly paid position, and um, I thought it felt really good just to earn a paycheck for once. So that was my first job ever, like that I ever had. And then the um, Hackensack Recreation being the second job that I have. So I know that you guys are probably wondering, why is our beautiful hostess suddenly going off on a tangent? Um, um I'm about to get back to the story now. Um, I'm just explaining that the student mentor position at Fairleigh Dickinson was my first part-time job ever. Um, the second job, of course, would be the camp counselor position, but for Hackensack Recreation. Um, and then, as you guys previously heard in episode 23, um, I also I was a summer camp counselor for the YMCA. But that summer of 2018 was my first time, like, actually working during the summer. Um, because when I was younger, I used to think that people spend summers, like, the whole summer's just having fun and going on vacations and having parties and social events. Like, I didn't know that people, like, actually worked, whether, like, part-time or full-time. So that summer was actually my first time, like, working. And, but I liked it, though. It got me the experience. So, I know that when I applied to Hackensack Recreation before, I initially applied to them about a year prior to that, like during the summer of 2017. Um, but for some reason at the time, um, they didn't accept me. I think they said that it's because they were already like filled up with their positions. But I thought that was kind of funny because, you know, when I sent out my application, I thought I did it on time. I didn't know that they had, like, a set time for people to, like, submit applications. Um, when I had to apply to, when I had to apply for a job there, like, I had to, like, apply in person at their office building. So I don't, they didn't have, like, a website where you could, like, do stuff online. Like, I had to, like, go there physically in person. So I, 
if memory serves, my dad was the one who gave me a ride to their office so that I could fill out their paper application. But then again, I did, I don't think that I was on time enough for them. So, you know, and during that time, though, I kind of, since I considered the guy one to be like a genuine friend, um, that's one of the things that I confided in him about that, you know, I didn't get the position with the... Um, Hackensack Recreation. Um, it was back in the good old days when I still trusted him like a friend. Like, I think at the time though that he, that's when he started working part time for Shoprite. Um, again, that's this is the Shoprite that's closest to us in South Hackensack on the Bergen Turp Bergen Turnpike, our local Shoprite. Um, but the one weird thing I've noticed about Guy One. Um, behavior-wise, um, is this. So, um, he and I would be having a normal conversation about regular things, you know, just, like, things people talk about, like, you know, like, I told him about having not been accepted for the position at the Hackensack Recreation, um, he'd make himself be, like, a good listener, and then he'd say something about, I'm sorry about that, maybe try reapplying again next summer, I mean, which I eventually did, of course, and then finally ended up getting a the position, so, yeah, so, yay, I got the position, but, anyway, so, Gaiwan would offer me support about that, like, he'd tell me to, like, apply again next semester, or try other places, and then, of course, he would also talk about how things were going for him at shop, right, like, I know he said that sometimes it could be hectic, and then, just out of the blue, while we're having this normal conversation, out of the blue, He's gonna, he randomly like start leaning a little bit close to me, you know, as we're walking together, of course, you know, and then he's just like sort of put his hand on my shoulder and then try to hold my hand a little bit. And then he'd say something like, I love you so much. I miss you. You know, just kind of weird. And, you know, literally other people would be around and start walking past us around the lake or like in front of us, behind us, behind us. And I would feel a little bit nauseous on the inside because like, oh, gross. And um, it made me feel uncomfortable inside because, you know, there are other people around and I, I really, I kind of care what other people think. I mean, I know I shouldn't, but if people see this guy and me together they're gonna think that oh my god they're totally together because they're so friendly with each other they they must be like boyfriend and girlfriend like people would actually start to think that we're a couple like no of course we're not a freaking couple but i always think that's what people would think because you know just because he's the one who just like trying it so hard making it so obvious like he's the one that instigates everything and i'm just literally like secretly like trying to push him away like do you stay the um excuse my language but stay the fuck away from me like yeah it goes to show you that guys that yeah you know guy one not only is he the type of person who doesn't know how to take no for an answer but he's also the type of person who doesn't know how to like respect your personal boundaries like that's one of the things I've noticed with him. Like, he oversteps his boundaries, and he's the type of person who doesn't respect that, so. <clears throat> um, so he has overstepped his boundaries with me. 
uh, multiple times and I would say this that as a man in the 21st century like we're living in the 21st century now um I think he should know better than that by now um I think really his mom should have thought him better like I really totally blame her uh I don't think I've ever like seen her personally but like I really think that she is responsible for her son's behavior and like she should be responsible for his behavior like how how are you so oblivious to your own son like wanting to date girls and you can't even like be there to like offer him moral support or like advice on how to like treat girls properly like now he'll literally never learn the right way to approach women because as his mom you you've been like sheltering him his whole life just because of like his fucking autism and you know that's that's like so not fair for other people or in this case it's it's literally like not fair for me because I have to be the one to like pick up the pieces because for some reason I'm the object of his affections and I have no idea why he's so into me like it's so frustrating like of course like I feel like I'm at fault too because I can't even like stand up to him like I have to be so scared of him to like say one little thing that I know will hurt him but if you guys out there who know me personally like you guys know I'm not really like a huge fan of drama like nor am I like a dramatic person in general like when I'm out in public or in social situations like the lake for example like I really I rarely ever like make a scene and um guy one when guy one continues to lay his hands on me and even on a few occasions he he tricks me into like sitting into remote areas with him where he can continue like touch me everywhere like my shoulders my breasts my neck everywhere like when I tell him to stop I would just be like gentle about it like I wouldn't like yell at him to like literally stay the fuck away from me like you know I'm not that type of person to curse but I guess I'm doing it now in my show because I'm just expressing all the feelings that he's put me through but like in general though personally I'm not that type of person like I'm so painfully shy like I don't feel like I'm assertive enough to like stand up for myself if I need to yeah I know it's a flaw but I'm working on it trust me it's just, I've let this boy make a pussy out of me, you know, just because in his own mind he's justifying it, like, he thinks in his mind, oh, she must like it so much because she thinks it's okay when I touch her all over the place. But like in real life, but in reality though, deep down, it's not okay and I just don't like have the courage to say the right words to like stand up to him, like... When we're sitting down on the bleachers by the baseball fields, what he would do is that he would literally, like, push me down and, like, you know, he would try to, like, kiss me on the lips. Sometimes even, like, try to kiss me for at least one minute on the lips. And I just assumed that if I, like, moved or, like, tried to push him off me or, like, by his cheek or fingers or something, then I felt like he was going to be hurt about it then he'll be really like mad and pissed off and he'll start to hate me and then he'll probably go like ow what the hell did you do that for like what's wrong with you like I feel like he's gonna like scream at me for that 
Yeah, because one time, though, he did try to pressure me to, like, kiss him. And then when I refused, he's like, what's the matter with you? Why are you so... And then he, I guess he's trying to find the right word to, like, describe me. Like, why am I so what? Why am I so, like, against kissing him? And then I asked him, why am I so what? And then he's like, never mind, forget it. Like, I don't know. What, yeah, that's what I assume is that he's going to get hurt like he'll get really mad at me and I just I didn't want him to hate me and I didn't I didn't want him to like feel intimidated by me because I am not an intimidating person at all like I'm a very nice person in fact I am so painfully nice I am too nice and quiet like I always knew that if I ever tried to like create a scene at the park at the time then other people who were like walking or going about their own business that they would start they would stop what they're doing and start like paying attention to us um you know and I'm an introvert as you guys know like I don't like it when I'm like the center of attention and like social or I guess awkward situations like this because I am barely the center of attention like unless when I'm laughing at really random stuff like because you know I love to laugh in general but like in this case a serious case like this I mean it like if I was in danger because some guy was like forcing himself upon me like I really don't want to consider myself to be the center of attention because then people will probably like be a little bit judgy well may maybe not like judging in a bad way but like Maybe they, like, start wondering, like, what's going on with these people? Are they, like, lovers or something? And I guess maybe they would be a little judgy because then maybe they'll start saying things like, why is that girl just letting that boy touch her like that? Like, why doesn't she just fight him back? Like, and then if they think, like, if they think that Guy Wan and I are in a relationship or something, they'll probably say something like, is this, like, a domestic issue or something? Like... Yeah, I always, those are the things that I think people would say, like, if they ever, like, saw Guy Wan and me, like, literally together like that, because they think that, oh, these guys must get along so well, because, you know, they're always together, when, you know, in reality, that really wasn't the case, and, um, excuse me as I give myself a quick little water break. So one time though, um, there was a neighbor who used to live next door to my family on our street. Um, he's a dude who sort of acted like a wanderer at times um, due to his medical condition of having epilepsy and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'd, he'd once in a while he would come to the lake just to like hang out and such like underneath the bleachers and such but not necessarily like to physically walk around the lake but he is an older guy he's now in like I believe his early 40s or something and he is black just like me like he's known for like his dreadlocks and everything um he's got a little bit of a record on him in terms of like you know things he's committed but he's a pretty friendly guy in general and um I would sometimes say hello to him because he's really really friendly and we kind of like joke around with each other even my parents would sometimes joke around with this 
man. Um, so, and I sometimes see him at the park. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I think one time, he, I mean, he sometimes sees guy one and me together. And so, one time when I was at the lake, when guy one wasn't there, this man jokingly asks me where's your little boyfriend and so that's when i knew right then and there he was talking about guy one and then i had to guys know about my crappy roommate <laughs> future roommate at machuga um that girl um she worked for a stab camp that was the name of the theater camp within the hackensack recreation so for her it wasn't like a regular day camp just like for me working at Fashini Park. Um, because Hackensack Recreation required us, all of us counselors and staff, to receive CPR training licenses. We had to take CPR training classes at the local fire station in Hackensack. And so that was when I met that girl who would become my future crappy roommate at Machuga. But at the time, though, she was really friendly. Um, she and I were actually like the first two people to like show up to the station for the CPR training class and I was asking her for like directions to the classroom and she said she didn't know either so and I had no idea at the time though she was gonna be attending Montclair State but I did eventually learn that she lived not so far from the campus maybe about five minutes away so um that was the summer before my junior year at Montclair um that was when I made the de- made the decision to move to Machuga and live there for the rest of my time on campus. And so that September, as that girl and I were emailing each other, she sent me a picture of herself. And that's when I told her that I knew she was familiar because we worked together at Hackensack Recreation. And yeah, she told me that that was her second year working for them and that since she was interested in theater as a hobby, so that's why she chose the theater camp as her number one choice. And I told her that I was in charge of working for Fashini, and so that was my first time on the job. So that's how we kind of bonded with each other over that. But then, as you know, you guys know the rest of the story in that episode where she eventually turned out to be it. A very bad roommate, unfortunately. So, you know, you guys just listen to that episode for yourselves and refresh your memories if you need to. Then you guys are probably saying to yourselves right now, Our sweet and talented hostess is rambling again. (laughs) I'm sorry about that, guys. So, yeah, as I was saying, though, I did the morning shift, which was from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., Mondays to Fridays, of course, off on the weekends. Of course, no vacation time, but eh, kind of lenient on that. But as usually, as usual, I had to wake up early at around 7-ish just to have breakfast at home because, of course, they didn't provide breakfast for us. They only provided lunch for us, which, of course, was cold lunch, but... At least it was better than nothing. And as you guys know, I don't drive yet. And, um, but I know I will someday. Um, it's just I need to get certain things in my life in order first. Um, 
So my dad would always be the one to drop me off to Fashini Park in the mornings. And then around one in the afternoons, he would come to pick me up. And so immediately after I came home, I would always take a shower just because the sweat, I need to like cool down. Um, so Gaiwan would consistently message me if I was coming to the lake and, you know, just not to be rude, I would ask him, like, what do you think? Like, after a long, hard day at work. Um, so Hackensack Recreation also organized field trips, like going to Dave and Buster's. And one time we even went to Camel Be- Camelback Beach, <laughs> Camelback Beach which is in Tannersville, Pennsylvania. Yeah, these field trips were provided by buses and they would last until around 5.30ish so that we could make it back to Fashini Park by 6 o'clock so that we could sign out all of the campers. So usually on days that we had field trips, we would finish at around 6 o'clock. And at this time, my dad was still work, but would probably still be at work because he had flexible hours so my mom would be the one to come to pick me up after doing her summer school shift at the public school in um in the bronx but since she always had to be at work by 7 30 in the mornings she wasn't available at all to give me a ride to fashini camp um so my dad would be the one to drop me off and so obviously on the days of those field trips, I could never, like, go to the park to hang out, quote-unquote, with Guy Wan, just like he wanted. I mean, I told him about that, and he knew that, and so he totally, like, understood. And um, sometimes, though, I think he's a pretty immature person, you know, just because he doesn't understand that I can't, I can't go against my family values for him. Um... Like, it's like, I mean, I understand that my family can't always make decisions for me in regards to that. But, like, you, it's like you don't get to speak for me on behalf of my family. Like, you don't even know what my family's culture is like. Like, you don't even know, like, how we're, like, brought up and such. Like, don't try to act all high and mighty like you know everything about me. And also, you're supposedly Catholic. Like, you know, you're, like, you're supposed to wait until marriage before you can start thinking about sex. So that's how I know right then and there that he's a freaking hypocrite and that his mom has failed him as a human being. Um, No offense, but it's true. And also, if you were truly my quote-unquote friend, he wouldn't keep seeing me as a sexual object or continuously pressure me into sleeping with him or like doing it with him or taking my clothes off or anything. So that's how I know that he's just a creep and totally not a nice guy at all like he proclaims to be again like i still can't cut off contact with him because i know that he probably won't be able to take it very well uh, because apparently someone's mother never taught him how to handle rejection like a real man and um even on regular days camp regular days at camp when i just finished that one like I still didn't really feel like going to the lake to see him. And not especially if it were, like, boiling hot on those days. Because I know there had been days like that. And um, if it weren't so hot, then 
I would go for my walks as usual, but then I wouldn't want to tell him because because then he would just assume that I wouldn't be able to make it. And on a few rare occasions, I did see him at the lake after my after my 1 p.m. shift at Hackensack Recreation. But most of the time, though, like maybe like 85% of the time, I didn't see him so much. And when I didn't see him, I felt more at peace and relief just to be by myself and not having to look over my shoulders for any reason. And half the Hackensack Recreation shift ended on August 3rd, which I believe was a Friday, and also two days before my 21st birthday! Yay! But, you know, though, I still had to deal with seeing Guy 1 at the park for the rest of that summer, as usual. Um, I, I never noticed that he went anywhere else for a while during the summer, so that's why I know that he probably has no life at all outside of the lake. Um, I actually went on vacation with my family that summer, which was a cruise trip to the Bahamas. Um, we went with a couple of family members and relatives and people closest to us, so... It was in August after it was that aug in that August after my shift completed at Hackensack Recreation. So it was a very fun trip and it was at least one whole week where I didn't have to put up with Guy Wan's crap. Like while I was on this cruise trip, I really was hoping hoping to meet some really hot guys along the way, but as usual no one noticed me. Bummer, but you know, like I said, at least I had fun though, like doing all those fun activities with our families and relatives and such. So, I agree that we all need a little vacay sometimes, and I know I definitely needed the mental vacation from Guy Wan's childish, annoying crap. So, that was temporary, and so that was my summer of 2018. Flash forward to summer of 2019. Gaiwan thought that it would be a great idea that we quote-unquote pretend to be each other's boyfriend and girlfriend. And, you know, just for the heck of it, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Because, you know, keyword, pretend. You know, as in something not to be taken so goddamn seriously. But obviously that didn't register with Gaiwan, even though he was the one that came up with the stupid plan in the first place but I usually had an idea of how I could go to the lake without him knowing um so I think this was when he like began work yeah he I think at this time he was still working part-time at ShopRite um but at the same time he was thinking about applying full-time to be a crossing guard for Grand Avenue Street um, he said, though, at the time that he wanted to make enough money to try to find his own place someday and maybe get some assistance with that. So I didn't really think it was a bad idea at all because I know that as long as I could go to the lake on certain days and times while he was busy with this shift at ShopRite that, you know, I could probably, like, pull it off without him knowing. Um, so... This is where my memory gets a little bit fuzzy in regards to the actual days that he worked during the week. But I would like to make an educated guess right now and say that there was three days during the three weekdays were Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And 
maybe on a few rare occasions, some Saturdays. And as for the hours, I would say between 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on those four days. And so because of his autism, um, he never did learn to drive. So if he were to go to ShopRite or someplace, he'd take Access Link. So that is a bus ride that is associated with New Jersey Transit for us fellow New Jerseyans. <laughs> So I obviously have the NJ Transit app on my phone and I'm going to assume that he does too because that's how he schedules his rides with Access Link. And um, he worked part-time at ShopRite that summer and I think that fall was when he actually started working as a crossing guard which was now more of a full-time position for him. But one day during that summer... He messaged me saying that while he was on his Access Link bus ride back home from his shift at ShopRite, he thought that he saw me at the lake because at the time I was wearing a red t-shirt and my blue jean shorts and my usual sunglasses and everything. I was at the lake that day of course but he was just telling me that he thought he saw me. I had to quickly deny it because I couldn't understand how he was still spying on me even from a freaking bus ride. Um, I think he sort of played along with it by saying that he thought that the person he saw looked just like me, like a kiss from the back. And that's when I felt kind of dumb at that point because I kind of gave myself away to him at that point. And I guess I should have been more subtle so that he didn't like notice me. But, I mean, I guess I couldn't have known that he was going to notice me. So, like, I had nothing to feel dumb about, I guess. So, anyway, now flash forward to last year's summer. Summer 2020. Last year was a real doozy. You know, a word like people, a word that people from the 50s would say. Guy won was still working at ShopRite. I believe still on those same days and times that I've mentioned. Which, again, I could be wrong about. But, again, my memory is foggy. But, I mean, I think this time, though, he took Saturdays off. Um, because, remember, Saturday is when he t attends Mass with his family. So, he wasn't really at the lake on most Saturdays. But, of course, as you know, I was. And I would always go immediately when I woke up at around 10.30ish. But on the days he was off, I would see him more often at the lake. And at this point in time, I, I would never even bother to try running away from him each time I saw him. I would always think to myself, let me just get this over with so that when I'm finished with my walk, I can just go on back home and forget about all this. Because I always felt a little bit hesitant whenever he would ask me to sit with him on any of the bleachers or something under the shades or somewhere in an, at an area that's more remote. But he would always promise me that he wouldn't touch me or anything. And then each time I would fall for it and then he would continue to like touch me everywhere and say those things. At some point though he said he told me that he wanted to marry me someday and have five kids with me and live with me in New York. Um, he didn't say those all like word for word like that but like he always like said it like subtly like he always like implied it like 
like I would literally be no one else's one day that I just have to be bound to him like a slave because that's how I knew right then and there that Gaiwan has an unhealthy obsession with me and his mother um, who's been sheltering him his whole life and probably doesn't even know shit about me like she probably encourages it because she literally has no idea at all and excuse me as I take another water break <laughs> I always had a last resort plan that I never wanted to resort to um, but because I was just that desperate for assistance and advice and, you know, with the, even with the fear of being judged for carelessness on my part sometimes, um, I did the one thing that I was still gutsy enough to do, which was tongue my parents about this boy. Um, I started to tell my mom first, you know, just because I'm a bit closer to her and I'm more of a mama's girl and... Because she's a woman, I felt like I could talk to her more comfortably about men, woman to woman. I knew that God was giving me the strength to tell her about Guy Wan's unhealthy behavior towards me. I was always afraid that my mother would never believe me when I told her that a white boy has, an, has been acting inappropriately toward me for a long time and has been making me feel uncomfortable. Um, so I introduced Guy Wan's name to her by addressing him as a friend whom I've first known from Memorial Middle School. I also, I also told her all the things that I've been telling you guys, starting from the previous episode in regards to his younger brother, Guy Too, having gone to the Memorial Middle School as well and being in the same grade as me. And also having gone off to Fairleigh Dickinson. That's Guy 2, the brother I'm talking about. Guy 2 was the one who went to Fairleigh Dickinson. I'm not talking about Guy 1 himself. Because, you know, Guy 1 did not go to college. So I just wanted to clarify that in case you guys got a little confused right there for a second. Um, but anyway, that's a few of the things that I began telling my mom. Um... I never told her about that one time that I actually physically went to his house. Um, in fact, I don't think I ever told her that I had once been to his house because I knew that she and my dad would have a hard time sympathizing with me and they would never believe me if I told them that Guy Wan actually tricked me into it. They would think that I kind of brought it upon myself, that I kind of agreed to go to his house in the first place. Um, I just knew that they wouldn't believe that. So, I mean, I just told him that he would touch me inappropriately at the playground or at the bleachers. Like, not necessarily anywhere near the lake area where people would walk by. It's just when we were in private, like, away from other people. Also, I noticed that he would get a little bit pissed off if there were a crowd of people at the park and other people would start walking past bleachers that we were sitting to at together in private um, because he didn't want any kind of outside distractions for when he started kissing me and groping me and everything that beautiful nature <clears throat> right then and there I knew he was a predator and a pervert and so my mom eventually relayed the information to my dad and 
He told me he promised me that he would protect me from Guy One. Last summer, um, my eldest sister, who lives in Rahway, the one who's married with her husband and their three young children together, who are my nephews and niece, um, they all stayed over at my, our house so that my mom could take the three kids to summer school with her and have them registered for summer camp. Um, which is why they all stayed at my house. So on some mornings, my sister, the eldest one who's married, um, she and I would take one of my nephews, who back then was seven years old. Um, we would take him to the park, and the three of us would walk together. Um, he's the he's the middle child. Um, and he suffers from a very severe case of autism combined with AD, ADHD. Um, so whenever I would see Gaiwan, I would just think of my seven-year-old nephew um, because he is non-verbally autistic. Um, I think now he's doing somewhat better and learning to pick up on a few words and learning how to say people's names, like his own name. And I think he learned to say my name at some point, but... Anyway, while my sister and I were taking our nephew for a walk around the lake, I would see Guy One from a distance, and I know he would see me too, and we just sort of walked past each other, and probably it was his way of pretending that he didn't know me so that he didn't, like, approach me in front of my family. I know it's, this is going to sound a little bit weird and mean, but... I always thought that it was a great idea for me at the time to use my little nephew as a bait and distraction from guy one. <laughs> um, because I know that if he saw me with other people, then he probably wouldn't be approaching me to spend time with them. And of course, he messaged me later asking if my sister and nephew were gone so that I could spend time with them. Um, I don't think I even bothered to, bothered to reply to him at the time because... He really didn't have a nerve at all to discourage me from spending time with my own family. Like, it's like, dude, you can't just, like, not let me be with my family. And even if I do go to the late, I don't go on account of you. I go just because I want to. Like, you know, I want to get some fresh air and exercise and, like, get out of the house. Like, I literally don't come to the lake at all just to see you. Like, I need, I know that he's a mentally immature person and... He's super immature, and I'm sorry to say it, but that's the truth. Because, you know, that's the way his mom raised him, like. Yeah. So, the awkward moment, though, was when he thought that my sister was my mom. You know, just because my sister had been wearing a headscarf at the time to sort of cover up her naturally nappy hair. So, it's kind of like an African thing that we African ladies tend to do. And so, that's when he asked me via that via text is that your mom and your brother and i'm like no that's my sister and my little nephew and then he went oh sorry about that i'm like it's okay like seriously though when i see guy one i would automatically like think of my nephew right away who's autistic so in a way i kind of see guy one as a little kid who needed to be rescued um because, again, I'm not really sure what high school was like for him socially. Or if, or if he even, like, tried to make friends with other people. Because I'm pretty sure that if he did, then 
it wouldn't feel so lonely or depend so much on my company or like constantly like needing me to like be there for him like that's what I explained to my parents like it's so difficult for me to just cut off contact with this guy because like he's literally like he's literally not gonna have anybody at all and like I'm gonna feel bad about it because like it's so sad when you know someone says they don't have any friends like it's always heartbreaking but like yeah but my parents are part of like an older generation so I don't think they would understand what it's like for people my age living in this century in this day and age like someone to like have a special needs condition or some kind of mental illness like it's not e I know it's not easy for people who actually are special needs or have some sort of mental health issues like I mean I know I mean, I try to be sympathetic to that, and I know that most of you guys who are listening to this, like, you probably, like, know people in your own lives who have autism or some sort of special needs condition or mental health condition. Like, I can only imagine how it must feel like for those people, I guess, to, like, interact with other people around them or to be placed in social situations or in unfamiliar environments. So, but with Guy Wan personally... I'm not sure exactly what things were like for him, so I can say that I understand how difficult it must be because I never once heard him mention any other person's name from his school or something, so I always thought that was weird because if you go to high school, you would at least sometimes have a bit of a few stories to tell, like, oh, I made friends with a few people from this so-and-so club, but... I don't think he ever once mentioned that to me before, so not only did I think that was super strange and super sus, I think that kind of gave me the impression that maybe he really did have no other friends at all then, and if I were to cut off ties with him, then he would literally, like, have nobody at all, like, he would literally have no one there, and, you know... You guys know me very well, those of you who listen to this, that I am a super nice person. And I guess I can say it kind of breaks my heart when someone says that they don't have, like, very many friends. Like, I myself am an introvert, and I don't really have, like, a lot of close friends. Like, in fact, I don't even think I have one person my age whom I can consider to be, like, a best friend. Or maybe, like, maybe the same way, like, you guys do, but... Um, for the most part, I'm completely okay with my own company. Like, once in a while, I would get in touch with my female friends from high school. Like, I would wish them well, happy birthday on their birthdays. Or I wish them happy whatever holiday it was. Like, happy 4th of July, happy Mother's Day, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, happy New Year. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Because, you know, like I said, um, there some of the students from my high school chs in teaneck um they all some of them were like new yorkers and some of us are like new jersey students and so these girls i was friends with they all live in new york and i'm like literally the only new jerseyan out of all of them so of course we can never really like find a way to like hang out because transportation wise it would be impossible for them to get to my house or my house to theirs so it did make me feel a little bit lonely at times, but, like, at least when it comes to social situations, I learned to put myself out there and interact with other people, like, I don't, like, rely on just one person to be, like, my 
only companion. Like, Gaiwan is dependent on me. Um, I know that it's a pretty serious issue because his mom apparently raised him that way to, like, have attachment issues. Um, so I explained to my mom that Gaiwan's mom is a widow. So it's just the three of them at home at their house, just a few blocks down from us. Um, my mom, who's a bit someone somewhat better at reading people than my dad, um, she realized what I've always confirmed is that Gaiwan has serious attachment issues and he's a complete mama's boy and he's a totally sheltered young man. Um, she works as a school nurse, but she says that like psychological mindset of being able to analyze people based on their personalities. And she knows that Gaiwan's obsession with me is very unhealthy and in fact pretty dangerous. I told her that he has laid hands on me before multiple times, but again, I would tell her that it was just only at the park and at the playground, not not at his house. So I think that was more than enough to raise concerns for her to come up with the idea of taking this issue to the police to like report his behavior. Um, but my dad suggested that he should have a word with guy one first before we can consider the um, plan B of reporting his behavior. Like he wanted to stand up to guy one on my behalf because I'm too much of a whim to do it. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Your daring hostess here is a pussy. That's right, I've said it. I am a pussy because I am too afraid to tell someone that I am not in love with him and that I have no intention of ever being his friend again. I'm a pussy because I'm afraid to hurt someone's feelings, autistic or not. And I'm a pussy because I'm too afraid to say something that will... I'm afraid to say stuff that will hurt people's feelings and have them feel like they're turned against me. And I'm used to making people around me happy because I never want to be involved with conflict. I never want to be involved in conflict. I never want to feel at odds with anybody because I'm not that type of person. Even if some psychotic guy was forcing himself on me in the same way that guy one has. I would be too much of a pussy to fight back because I wouldn't want to break a single bone in this guy's body. So yeah, I'm that type of person. But you know what? I'm learning to work on it. I'm, I'm still kind of working on it right now. Like, this kind of change doesn't happen overnight. Like, all it takes is just some baby steps. My mom made me realize that as a kind person, that I should never let anybody take advantage of me. And that was one of my biggest flaws, that I've let this guy walk all over me for the longest time and have so much control over me. Like, I would literally just sit there and take it as he's forcing himself upon me, like kissing me, rubbing me everywhere, pushing my body down on the bleachers. And, like, I wouldn't even bother to, like, resist or fight back. Like, I wouldn't even, like, try to, like, get up or run away or yell for help. Because I know that if I... I I always assumed that if I yelled for help, then people at the lake would think I'm weird or a little crazy. And, like, literally none of them would do anything to, like, help me. So, as the guy, they would probably, like, take his side over mine. Like, that girl probably deserves it for leading him on or something like that. And... 
Guys, trust me here. I don't- I literally don't do anything at all to make Gaiwan feel strong along. Like, he's the one that invented this whole pretend romance. And for something that's supposed to be pretend, like he even suggested in the first place, he's the one who's taking it a little bit too seriously. A lot seriously than I am, so... That... The night after I told my mom all about my encounters with Gaiwan, that following morning, my dad and I decided to go to the park together with the plan to, for him to talk to Gaiwan, but that I would just do my own regular routine as usual. I could pretend that my dad isn't there, so... This was sometime during the week because I knew it would be a good time for Gaiwan to obviously show up and start doing his own routine. And at the lake, though, Gaiwan saw me and he started approaching me. And I swear, if I hadn't let my dad know right then and there that Gaiwan was behind me, then he definitely would have started talking to me as usual with the good old, Hey, can we sit down somewhere and hang out? Can we sit down somewhere and talk? And so what I did was, I pretended that I was talking to someone on the phone. My dad was actually a, a huge feet be way behind me at the lake. So when Gaiwan started walking next to me, I kind of had to pretend that I was talking to my dad so that Gaiwan couldn't talk to me at all. When Gaiwan finally got the impression that I was really talking to my dad on the phone, he started walking a bit more ahead of me. You know, again with this naturally fast walking. Um, so right then and there, I actually did start calling my dad and talk to him for real, letting him know that Gaiwan had approached me and he was now way in front of me. I saw my dad as he was confronting Gaiwan about his behavior toward me. I I couldn't hear very well exactly what it is that they were saying. I think but I think he also let Gaiwan know that I would never date him or see him as a potential significant other so that he better learn to I mean he better stay away from me and not lay a single hand on me again. And so after that encounter, I knew that Gaiwan had finally learned to never overstep his boundaries because he eventually drifted over to the remote area of the baseball field, like away from the lake and definitely far away from me. He remained in that remote area the whole time that my dad and I had been out together. And um, after I completed my laps and my usual routine of playing on the swings, my dad and I went returned back home together. Yeah, and usually when my dad goes walking on his own, he would do about four or five laps. And on a few rare occasions, he would do a full six laps just like I do. <laughs> Little does he know that I sometimes do like seven or eight, but... And um, sometimes when he goes walking with my mom, they only do four laps together. But they also use the Pacer app on each of their phones to keep track of the miles they've done. Which again, I suck at calculating the math. <laughs> and at their age, he and my mom really need the walking exercise. And it's much cheaper and more free than like the hassles of like going to the gym like most of you guys probably do. Again, not judging y'all. <coughs> Sorry about that. And so when I first told my parents about Gaiwan's obsessive behavior, this was in July of last year. 
all through that time, through the rest of that summer, he he never once approached me at all whenever we were at the park at the same time. Like, that was the whole point of my dad's conversation with him, is that he had to stay away from me and not talk to me at all or approach me. So in the days following that, I had blocked Guy Wan's number from my phone, but of course I didn't delete the conversations. I just didn't want him to message me at all. And come to think of it, I think he may have also unfollowed me on Instagram, but I'm not entirely 100% sure about that. And let me take another quick water break right here, y'all. All I know is that my dad was my hero that day. He said all the right things to Guy Wan to make him finally stay away from me for once. All the things I couldn't even like do for myself just because I'm such a fucking pussy. That's how some of it was my fault and I even spent nights resenting, resenting myself, feeling resentment towards myself for letting someone screw me over like that and just like taking it you know all this time like I could never really work up the courage to cut off contact with someone that easily because it's like I said before it's all very new to me like I've never had someone develop that level of attachment to me before like it it still is new to me and I'll probably keep learning about it along the way until I really find someone who's an actually per a perfect match for me and as my protector my dad let let me know that the perfect man will embody him in that way you know someone who's amazing intelligent and the perfect person to introduce to the family someday but until that time comes he encouraged me to just like focus on myself to get my life together in terms of finding employment within journalism and media just get through my education first and that when the right time comes god will place a special someone in my life at the right time and i really believe in all that because i know that god has someone special for me out there and so i'm not in any rush at all so yeah this past july marked exactly one year since i first cut off contact with guy one Again, he and I would see each other at the lake, but it's just that he needed to give me my distance, and he was not allowed to approach me. But I always came to the lake anyway, knowing full well the risk of what would happen if he actually did approach me. But that's why I usually had a backup plan of doing something, like pretending that I would get something to eat somewhere, you know, at White Castle, Duncan's, Baskin Robbins, 7-Eleven. So that I could give Guy Wan the impression that I needed to order something to eat somewhere and that he would leave me alone. He obviously wouldn't follow me to like a food place, so that would be my backup plan. So I always came to the lake, you know, just carrying my putting my carrying my wallet and my bank card with me in my bag with my water bottle. You know, always mentally preparing myself for the possibility of seeing him there. On most days, I didn't see him, which was a huge relief. On some days, I would see him, but it's usually when it would be at a weird time when when he was almost finished with his 10 laps and 
getting ready to head back home and and sometimes if I was getting ready to head back home I would see him approaching at the lake so you know sometimes just when I'm getting ready to leave after completing my own routine he would come to the lake to begin his so you know just as long as we weren't there at the exact same time but yeah and on rare occasions that he and I were weren't there at the exact same time like I said he and I would go on about our own regular routines like I go about mine and he goes about his he know he knew about my love and obsession for riding on the swings in the playground and of course he would never follow me there so and sometimes I like to use the playground as a distraction to avoid being physically present next to him at the lake, you know, like just walking past him, I mean, even if he was still there in the middle of his laps and everything. But just last month, though, he approached me again for the first time in what seemed like over a year. In fact, this has been a year and two months to be exact. A year and two months and counting. <laughs> I started keeping track of when I first stopped talking to him altogether. And yeah, you guys heard that right. He approached me, not the other way around. So again, this was at the beginning of last month in September. About a week or two after I'd finished working for the YMCA. So I know that this day was sometime during the week and the fall semester had recently begun at Montclair with classes now in person and most of them hybrid. So at this point he is just working full-time as a crossing guard so I know that he's no longer working at ShopRite. Um, he usually likes to come over to the lake just to sit on one of the benches and read a book. Um, so not necessarily for walking yeah. But for the most part, I like to come for my walks. So he was just reading his book on the bench when, again, he suddenly approached me as I was doing one of my laps. And then he was all like, do you mind if I talk to you for a minute? And the way he said it was pretty casual. He, like, he wasn't even like mad or anything. And I kind of expected him to be just a little mad. Because I literally just had my father tell him to his face to stay away from me. And um, again, I wasn't sure what I was on, but for some reason, I decided to like go ahead and see what it is that he wanted to talk to me about. He wanted me to sit next to him on the bench, and I was kind of hes hesitant at first, but I eventually did. But I just made sure to put just a little bit of space between us, not like physically too close together where he could like touch me. But he didn't do it that time, though. He just really wanted to talk to me. Like he started telling me about all that stuff you know about my dad telling him to stay away from me and again he wasn't like pissed off or anything like I expected like I guess he was kind of curious as to know why I told my dad about it um I wasn't sure how to tell him that I had really been planning on telling my parents about his behavior for the longest time but that I finally had the courage to tell them about it so that's when I sort of lied and said oh it just kind of slipped out by accident you know just being casual about it because like I didn't want him to know that I really had been planning on reporting his behavior because then I knew that it would make him feel kind of bad and he would feel start to feel more isolated so 
I just kind of played it off as it was something not a big deal, that it was just an accidental slip out, which obviously you guys know right now it really isn't. And you know what? He actually took my word for it. I'm, I mean, kind of. I mean, like, again, he still wasn't really, like, like, mad. He wasn't super upset at all. But he said at all that time that he had been avoiding to approach me, that he was only doing that because it was his way of giving me my space. Like, he also apologized for making me feel uncomfortable, which I thought was an insert was a sincere apology but he also said that he wanted me to at he sh that I could have at least spoken to him first before like letting it slip to my parents but but I kind of uh, accepted his apology anyway and I sort of promised him that I wouldn't tell my parents about him approaching me again this time you're probably thinking right now but what would our sweet lovely hostess continue talking to the same boy who keeps on harassing her does she like the attention that he gives her or what good question guys trust me i am not trying to seek his attention um i don't know what it is but for some reason, I kind of believed him when he said that he wanted me to give him another chance to prove that he wouldn't do all that stuff again. He promised me that he wouldn't touch me so much, but, you know, at least without my permission or consent. Um, he wouldn't try to get me to come over to his house anymore. He said that he would completely understand if I didn't want to come over. And obviously, as you guys know, since that crazy moment back in 2016, I never once physically stepped into his house again after all that. I knew it was a big mistake, so I was de so I was determined not to let him coax me into doing it again. And he also said that he wouldn't try to message me so much, because most of the time during the years, during the years he would send me like a million messages all throughout the day, and including like a lot of DMs on Instagram, just sort of desperate for any kind of response from me. Whenever he'd ask if I was coming to the lake or if I wanted to like hang out with them or something. But he said that this time he would only message me just once. And that it would be completely fine with him if I didn't immediately reply. That he wouldn't get all wound up about it like he'd always been before. Like I told him that I'm now busy with grad school. So he said he knew that he wouldn't be messaging me so much if... I was busy with assignments or projects and all that wonderful stuff. And he also said some things that stood out to me, even right now to this moment. So yeah, he did confirm that his mom's boyfriend's son works full-time as an officer for the Little Ferry Police Department. And he also wanted to know if my parents had initially considered going to the police to report his behavior. I told him that it was m more so my mom's idea. While my dad was the one who decided to just like have a talk with Gaiwan first instead of taking it immediately to the law. So no, we didn't file a police report on his behavior. What Gaiwan said that stood me that stood out to me was that he's kinda relieved that none of us actually went to the cops because if we actually did report his behavior, then that he would risk losing his job as a crossing guard because that would be at stake. Um, because if he got fired, then he, he would kind of lose everything that he'd ever worked very hard for. So I would think that that 
was kind of his own subtle way of saying that I would be responsible for all the bad things that would happen to him if he ever got into serious trouble that would cause him to lose his job, which he didn't want to lose. Like I said, he's not working part-time at ShopRite anymore. It's just a crossing guard position that he's doing full-time as his career. And um, I told him that I understood how important the career was to him, even if that means it was his way of blaming me for all the bad things that would, that would happen if he ever got fired. So, yeah, I thought that was his own way of manipulating me. Like, you know, if you get me fired, it'll be your fault. Yeah. Again, he didn't say it word for word, but he kind of implied it. And also, he said that if he were to get into really serious trouble... It would make things a little bit awkward between himself and his mom's boyfriend's son, who's the cop. So that would mean risking everything to make sure that his mom eventually finds out about me. And of course his brother already knows about me because he met me that one time. So he said that it would kind of ruin his relationship with his mom if she ever found out about me through her boyfriend's son. So those were the things that he said that stood out to me. And they still kind of stick to my mind right now like I'm speaking. And it's like, wow, so you really are that ashamed to let your mom know that you're interested in girls. (laughs) Like, shame on you for being a failure of a man. And like, shame on your mom for failing to teach you. And obviously I never said these things to his face. I just taught them to myself, of course. I just thought about them to myself. So, And also, as he was apologizing to me for his behavior over the years, I took the time to like mentally entertain myself by the BS that would come out of his mouth at the time. Like, oh, I never meant for it to be a real thing. We were just supposed to be pretend boyfriend and girlfriend for the summer. Well, if it's pretend, then you're obviously the one who's taking it seriously, you know? Like, a little too seriously. And um, the last time I checked, if you told someone that you loved them like that, um, that pretty much implies that you have romantic feelings for them. So, (laughs) yeah. Again, I never, like, actually said these things to his face. You guys know that I'm too big of a pussy to actually say these things to him, right? I was just a... I was just amused by all those things he was telling me, all those things he was saying. But, you know, I just kind of played along with it the whole time because I still really didn't trust him 100%. I never did leave my guard down the whole time that I saw him more often, hoping to, like, make things right with me, like his own definition of right, that is. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he had said and done all those things to me over the years so I don't see exactly how that would be forgivable like I just told him I accepted his apology just so I can get him to like shut up and simply like leave me alone and let me like continue on with my walk like I was literally in the middle of doing one of my laps when suddenly he approached me again guys he approached me he instigated the conversation And, you know, also just to get him off my back at that moment, I told him that I wouldn't tell my parents about him again. And, of course, you guys know I eventually did tell them about him about two weeks later. Um, I kind of had the feeling that he knew that 
my acceptance of his apology was a little bit forced like you know something like i'm too like shut up at the moment but i also think that he was kind of playing along with it just so he could try to like earn back my trust but anyway i told him that tuesdays and thursdays are the only days during the week in which i have classes and that all my classes are now in person as long as everyone follows the mask mandate I told him that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I needed to be at campus at around 3.30ish or 4 so that I can avoid the traffic. Because the traffic at around that area, around Montclair State, it tends to be a bit of a bitch. <laughs> Again, ladies and gents, I do not drive yet. So what happens is that my wonderful father gives me a ride to campus. And after all my classes are wrapped up for the evening, he and my lovely mother come to pick me up. So Gaiwan's obsession with me became apparent at some point when I I think this was summer I think this was during the summer of 2019. At the time I told him that I might have possibly been seeing someone. I really wasn't, but I told him that I just had a small crush on my RA for Machuga during that time, during the spring semester, when I finally exchanged roommates by changing into a new room after my poor experience my poor experience with that terrible roommate so that ra for that spring semester he's a really cute boy um don't tell him i said this though but he's also black and i think he might have graduated from montclair right now and um i do admit i that i did have a slight crush on him and i don't think he ever knew that but he was just really nice to me because he was a good RA in general, like just good at his job, like always checking in on us resident students. But um, again, it really was just a crush. It was nothing serious, of course. And so I told Guy one about it and there was something about his demeanor that just changed at the moment. His demeanor, like something along the lines of, oh, now this girl is finally noticing someone else for once and thinking that he's cute. And then I had to, like, quickly change my mind and reassure him, like, you know, it's okay, we're just friends, like, it's nothing serious, like, I barely see him that much anyway, you know, as an RA, like, it's just once in a while he would check in on resident students, but, yeah, I sort of told the guy one that to make him feel better, because, you know, God forbid I actually have a crush on someone else who isn't you for a change, like, you know, God forbid that I become your own personal property and literally no one else can have me, right? I'm not sure what your mother mother taught you, buddy boy, but obsessing over someone is not the same thing as actually caring about them. There's a major difference, which she obviously failed to teach you and guide you through that. Um, so I always wondered what would happen if I ever told Guy Wan that I was seeing someone. I really felt like if I just told him that that I already had a boyfriend and I always wonder what would have happened like I know that he wouldn't like constantly keep on like hitting on me or something but maybe he'll probably like start asking all these random questions about this non-existent boyfriend of mine so I know that telling him that I had a boyfriend probably wouldn't work that he obviously he'll be suspicious and then I always wondered what would happen if I told him I was a lesbian <laughs> I know that somehow it could definitely work. Um, I would just convince him that being my traditional, like, 
being my family who is very traditional, but that they're completely accepting of the fact that I have a I have romantic feelings for another woman. But you know, if that was some anything to like get him off my back, then I literally could have just told him that. And I know that right then and there that that he would never try to flirt with me or hit on me again. Like he would think that I'm unavailable and maybe he and I really would be just friends. Like wouldn't see me as anything more than that but you know I never did consider the possibility of telling him that so that's that's kind of something that I kind of have to live with because you know let me just quickly take another water break Um, so before I told my parents about him again, um, I decided to go seek guidance with one of the counselors on campus at Montclair State. Um, their counseling services, CAPS, is known as Counseling and Psychological Services. I went to talk to a counselor on a Monday by giving my family the pretense that I was going to get an assignment done for class at the SCM Computer Labs. When in reality, I really just wanted to talk to a professional about my issues with Guy 1 without, like, judgment or anything. Because at the time, Guy 1 had completely broken all his promises to me. He still kept touching me inappropriately and kissing me around my lips and pushing me down on bleachers. He still continued to message me like mad crazy during the week, every single day during the week. And I would always come up with one excuse after another during the week of, oh, I have classes or I accidentally overslept. I didn't see your message. And then, you know, if I tell him no one day that I'm not going to a lake today, then he would always be persistent. Oh, are you going tomorrow? Are you going the next day? The day after that? The day after that? Like, he would literally, like, be very, very persistent. Like, he literally doesn't know how to take no for an answer. He does this, including on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Even though he told me that he wasn't going to message me so much on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Because those were when I, those are when I have classes. And, like, I literally told you that those are the days that I have classes. But, like, you're still continuing to message me anyway. Knowing full well that I have classes on those days. So that I won't be able, obviously, be able to come to the lake. So... Obviously, you broke your promises to me, and I have made the huge mistake of giving you a second chance. Like, you're not even worthy of another second chance from me, Jack. Like, obviously, that's not even a real his real name, but y'all get the idea. <laughs> the counselor I spoke to was a very nice lady. He was very patient and understanding and non-judgmental. Like, within the small time that I short amount of time that I had with her like I told her about 90% of the things that I'm telling you all you all right now in these two in these two parts of this episode like I did let her know that I bear some responsibility because I don't have the ability to stand up to this guy like I don't have the backbone to like stand up to him um that Monday was actually a very beautiful day and had I not chosen to talk to a professional about Guy Wan's behavior. I would have spent that day walking. But then again, I know that if I had gone walking that day, I would have seen him after I messaged him that morning saying that he doesn't deserve another chance from me. 
that he should stop messaging me and that we should no longer hang out. I'm through. Blocked. I literally blocked him right after that and I didn't turn back. I wish I'd said all those things to his face though, but like, I guess messaging gave me an easier advantage and it was better. Um, so that's what I told the counselor and she told me that I actually did the right thing by blocking him for good this time. Like, hopefully he gets the message because I don't hold, I don't owe him a single damn explanation. Like, I don't have to explain anything to him. Like, he should be man enough to figure it out for himself. Because mommy didn't figure it out for him. So he needs to figure it out for himself. And so after my talk with the counselor, um, she made me realize that guy Juan is the one who's really at fault. Because he's the aggressor. That he is obviously old enough to know right from wrong. and that, And that his actions do have consequences. Which may include the possibility of me reporting his behavior to the police someday. But that he definitely should know by now that his actions do have consequences. And definitely his mom failed him by not teaching him well enough. And just being so completely oblivious to this whole situation. Like you legit can't be like you legit cannot be that oblivious to your own son's lives. Like, it's just totally impossible. Like, you have a responsibility to keep guiding them along the way and not, like, shelter them. And also, Gaiwan's autism is basically his own way of developing unhealthy, obsessive attachments to other people because if he really feels as though that he would literally have no friends after me, then he clearly has a self-esteem issue and that he certainly needs to seek professional help if he really feels that way about himself like if he really feels lonely and unloved so I think with him it's a self-esteem issue that I really don't have a right to be there for him to try to like save him because someone like that doesn't really deserve to be rescued so a couple of weeks prior to a couple of weeks prior to that moment in time like prior to seeing the counselor i mean um i had a dream that i was telling someone about these issues with guy one and so the person in the dream made me realize that i i enjoy the attention that guy one gives me because i still hung out with them at the time well i told the person in the dream that it's very hard for me to cut off contact with guy one because it's not that easy to like, it's not that easy with someone who's autistic and, like, literally has no friends or believes as though that he has no friends. Like, it's not that easy with them. Like, if you were just, like, a normal person and and if he didn't really have the autism, then I, I would feel that it would be super easy for me to just cut off contact with him and not care. But, you know, that's the challenge for me, guys, is that he does have autism and it makes it so hard for me because I don't know what it's like for him. I don't. I don't, I don't understand, like, I don't understand what everyday life, is, everyday life is like for him to, like, not have any friends. And so the person in the dream told me that it's not my responsibility to save Guy Wan, and that Guy Wan should be the one responsible for saving himself by seeking help if he really feels that way about himself. 
And so that person made me realize that I was only friends with Guy Wan just because I felt obligated to be his friend and not just because I really genuinely enjoyed spending time with him. And that was true though, I, that I did feel obligated to spend time with Guy Wan. Like whenever I would see him, I would just force myself to just be nice to him, just spend the time with him. Like it was a forced thing on my own part. Like it wasn't like a genuine like connection thing. Like I just forced myself just to be nice to him. So anyway, the, that person in the dream continued to tell me a lot of wise things and wise lessons. And so eventually when I woke up, I took all those things to heart. Like, I know that I really don't have control over other people's actions or feelings, but I'm definitely in complete control of my own. So Gaiwan is definitely the only one who has control over his own actions and feelings because you know at this point in time I couldn't care less anymore because I already said what I need to say to him and I finally cut off contact with him for good um he knew it was just me talking you know not necessarily influenced by my parents but I did eventually tell them afterwards and you know despite the judgment and everything that I expected um um, they told me I did the right thing by blocking blocking him for good, but that in the first place I shouldn't even have engaged in conversation with them. That I should have just told them immediately after that day that he had approached me again at the lake. Because my dad had made it specifically clear to Guy Wan that he shouldn't be talking to me at all. But like we still didn't report the behavior though. Um, they just trusted me because they know that I did the right thing by finally like filling my my finally putting my foot down and telling him enough is enough like we can't be hanging out anymore like don't talk to me ever again so they trusted me for doing the right thing so we didn't really feel the need to like report his behavior well, I mean at least for the time being like we'll see like but for the rest of that week though I did feel a bit awkward to go walking um that Wednesday which was also another beautiful day because it was sunny like I couldn't even go walking because it was a bummer that I couldn't go to the lake just because of one person in the whole entire neighborhood who has an uncontrollable unhealthy obsession with me like it was very crazy but I voluntarily chose not to go walking that day um, um because I I was afraid of seeing him so I didn't know like how we, he would react that time and just like on Monday, I chose not to go walking because I wanted to use that day to talk to a professional about his unhealthy behavior. So to be honest, since July of last year, all the way up to last month, when Guy Wan avoided approaching me at the park and stopped contacting me, I really thought that maybe he would try using that time to get revenge on me or something for telling my parents about his unnatural behavior. Like, I seriously thought that he would try to do something to harm me. Um, I don't think you guys know this, but I am obsessed with binge-watching shows and documentaries on investigation discovery. Um, and their shows about, uh, usually an hour long, about real-life true stories of actual events, like actual people like committing certain crimes. But I know, I know, I watch way too much ID, but all joking aside... Um, I really thought that guy one would try to 
do something to harm me someday you know just sort of as a way for revenge you know just because i reported his behavior to my parents or like to the professional and authority like like the counselor at montclair like i'm not sure exactly why i felt that way that he was gonna try to come at me but whenever he would walk past me at the lake you know giving me my distance like he said like I always thought that I could see, like, the pain in him, and and maybe, like, me, he was thinking of a few ways that he could try to hurt me. Um, my dad actually convinced me that someone with Guy Wan's personality tends to be a very dangerous person, and that Guy Wan actually sounds like a mentally unstable person just because of autism, because it's going to give him that false... Uh, false sense of security about himself because he feels so insecure and because of his insecurity um he gives him that possible tendency that where he'll lash out at someone else even like without really like intending to so you see even my dad is just as good as my mom is at reading people and sort of analyzing their personality traits um my dad himself, he said that he used to be an introvert when he was about my age or younger. So uh, he said that he could always like pretty much relate to me because I'm an introvert and I guess I could relate to him too because I don't have very many friends. So I did tell him that that's how Guy feel. Sorry. I did tell him that that's how Guy one feels about himself, that he doesn't have a lot of other friends besides me because why would he be dead set on wanting to spend so much goddamn time with me all the time because you know if he did like if he did like have other friends then he wouldn't maybe he wouldn't be so reliable on my company all the fucking time like he'd be doing other stuff with other people like not just only with me all the time at the lake because I'm a pretty boring person. Like, I, if I'm not at the lake, I just spend time here in the house just watching TV on Netflix or Amazon or just chilling on the internet, browsing the web. So I'm a boring person. Like, I'm not that fascinating to hang out with. So I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure why he would want to spend so much time with me. Like, if he has other friends, then he could spend some quality time with them, too. So... And um, obviously by now you all know that I'm a Christian. Um, I do quiet time pretty much every day. So that is pretty much an hour or so of Bible reading and just praying afterwards. So during prayer time, I would pray for guy one. I used to do that a lot last year since I first reported his behavior to my parents. But then somewhere along the way, I eventually stopped doing that because I thought that maybe God was trying to get through to him somehow. Then, when Guy Wan reapproached me this year, that is something that motivated me to continue my prayers for him. When I pray for Guy Wan, I just basically tell God to provide him with something, like a sense of community, a sense of security. I tell God that while I can't be that friend that Guy Wan needs, that he should set Guy Wan up with a bunch of friends who will share similar interests as him, like wrestling. So he'll learn to bond with other people who are as passionate about wrestling and video games or other things like he is. And I know that he desperately wants a girlfriend because why do you think he's been trying to get me to be his girlfriend all this time? Like, So I would just tell God 
to set guy one up with a perfect significant other of his dreams and maybe do the same thing with me as well because guy one is not my ideal partner so i ask god most of the time to set me up with an ideal partner of my own and i also ask god to make me focus more on my future like in terms of my education and earning my master's someday and hopefully opening up doors of employment for me within journalism and media so that i can finally like land my dream job somewhere within that field so the job search process is still going so just bear with me guys got any suggestions for me in regards to that please let me know <laughs> so um this was a very important episode i know it was a very long one but i really needed to get all this off my chest right away you you all deserve to know the type of person that guy one is because I've never been in this situation before. So that's why my parents were kind of all in my face when I reported Guy One's behavior again this year when he reapproached re me. Because it's just not that easy for someone like him. Like, I'm literally, like, not tr defending him at all. Like, you know, it's just like I said before. Like, whenever I see him, I just think about my little nephew who's eight now. So for someone with Guy One, like, I gotta speak to him like a child and just sort of be gentle with him like because you know I don't want to say the wrong thing that could offend him or hurt his feelings or make him feel less secure about himself like I just gotta say it to him gently like I really don't think we should hang out anymore like I don't want to say it like a rude bitter way because I know he'll be a take offense to that like that's what I explained to the CAPS counselor at Montclair State on that Monday yeah, I explained that to her that even though he sees me as an object of sexual desire, like, I can't, like, say something to him in a way that will hurt him. Like, I gotta be careful with my tone of voice, like, how, like, how I word myself so, like, I don't hurt him because, you know, the nice girl in me will always feel bad for him. Like, I mean, I don't hate him at all. I really, truly do not hate him. Um... Because I did have a connection with him at some point. It's just that obviously it won't work out anymore. But um, it's just right now I feel very bad for him. Because if he really does feel that way about not having enough friends. Like it is pretty heartbreaking for me. Like um, I will always feel bad for him. There's that side of me that, that will always feel bad for him. Just because of that mere fact. But. Yeah, I know I really shouldn't give two fucks about him, but, you know, the nice girl in me will always worry about him from time to time. Like, this is why I always include him in prayer during quiet time. Like, you know, I can still, like, care for him from, care for him from afar. Maybe not, like, physically, like, in person as a friend, but in terms of praying for him, that shows that I still care for him from afar. Like, you know, because I know that god has some something special for him like you know like if it's not me then god has something bigger planned for him planned for guy one and you know plus he's catholic so he too should be like asking for these things for himself so at the end of the day i really keep wishing that guy one would just move out of the neighborhood already for once i know that by now he should have enough money saved up to like at least 
find himself his own place, a nice little apartment somewhere. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to keep living in the same neighborhood as someone like him. Like, my broke ass is still trying to get through grad school and finding a full-time job within journalism and media. And hopefully finding a partner for my single lonely ass. <laughs> like, I know it's all going to take some time, but, um... I really wish that guy one can just like move out already. Like he's what twenty five and you're twenty five and like you literally still live at home with your mom who still literally shelters you. Like <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of growing up to do because he's just so mentally immature and impatient too. Like impatient because each and every time he would pressure me into sex, he would he would. He, he would never realize that it was important for me to wait until marriage. So, yeah, he's impatient. And he's probably not even a real Christian. Like, I know he says he is, but his personality makes him act like the complete opposite. So, he's just a complete hypocrite. I know I am a real Christian. And I can even spot fake ones from even a mile distance. Just like, just like by their personalities. Actually, you know what? I can't really do that i can tell the difference between a real christian or a fake one but like my experience with guy one has given me the option to spot fake christians and also to learn who to trust like who to open up to like if i ever were to like find my own partner someday i need to be sure that i can trust that person fully and that that person wouldn't become dangerously attached to me so I kind of need to keep my guard up for now on whenever I meet someone new, so... Yeah, this has been my long rant for this episode, but... It feels good for me to finally let it all out for once, be because every single episode after this... I will give you guys brief updates about Guy 1 in regards to if I ever see him at the park. Um... Right now, I have not been seeing him at the park so much lately. I think on a few rare occasions, I may have spotted him. But then again, this time, he knows better. Better. So he is giving me my distance. So now he does not really approach me anymore. I guess this means he finally got the message loud and clear. But what I do is that I will just give a brief update by saying whether or not I saw him at the park or... If I go walking on a certain day. Because I do go walking pretty much every day. And I will give you guys a brief mention of when I go walking. So in the next episode after this. I want to share a poem that I wrote for him. About how intimidated he made me feel all this time. Like how he just. How I just let him walk all over me. And yeah. Yeah. So, it's going to be a pretty brief episode. So, what I'll do is that I'll do a quick introduction. I will read aloud a poem, which may or may not be too long. And then I'll just talk briefly about it. Like, you know, analyze, like, what it means and how it felt when I was writing it. And, and then, boom, that's it. That would be the end of the episode. So, that's going to be my plan for episode 25. So, I'm going to try to have that up by tomorrow morning or whenever um uh, i just want to say thank you guys for being such good listeners and patient listeners to this episode um if you guys have like personal stories that are similar to this please share with me 
as well as some advice on how to deal with it or if I have done the right thing after all by cutting off contact with guy one. Right now it's after midnight, um, 12.11 in the morning on October 17th. Yeah, I talked for a very long time, but this was worth it. You guys need to know about this. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback about my show, please don't be afraid to hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and many more places on social media. Um, I'm very active on Instagram, and I have two accounts. Um, my personal account is summergirlof97. Again, that's the word summer. S-U-M-M-E-R, girl, G-I-R-L-O-F-9-7. And my professional account, which is Sarah Journalist. Again, that's my name, Sarah, with an H. And then underscore, and then the word journalist. So in the meantime, um, I wish you guys the best of luck with whatever it is that you're doing at the moment. And have a wonderful night.